0: welcome to the soft life with Sadie baddies Sadie baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma and this podcast is hosted by yours truly priscilla o adjman we are a virtual sanctuary centering black and multiracial people and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities thank you for being here welcome back to the soft life baddies happy end of february we are on the last day of february And I am really excited to be here with you. It's been a minute since we've had a solo episode. So I'm really excited to just be in this space. I hope that you're feeling grounded and excited for March. I feel like February was a really fruitful month for so many people. And definitely want to catch you up to what we've been up to as well as what's ahead. And we'll get into today's episode, of course. But hope that you're having a beautiful Ending to your February. And so a quick little recap. Earlier this month, we were featured in NPR, an NPR syndicated podcast called The Body Politic. And our episode was an interview by hosted by Mara Campo. And the whole topic focus was how black women are leading the soft life movement. So, of course, they had to ask your girl a few questions and get some insight as to what the soft life is, what the soft life movement is all about. So be sure to check out that episode. I will link it in the show notes so that you can check it out. But it was really incredible. And there were to also two other amazing guests um, in that episode that were featured. Um, so you'll learn a lot about what the soft life movement is um, on a national and international level and how it's affecting wellness worldwide. And I'm so excited and proud to be recognized as one of the pioneers of the soft life movement. Um, and that's all thanks to this beautiful community and you, our listeners, that tune in and are part of this conversation and share with your friends, your loved ones, your colleagues, none of this can happen without you. So shout out to you for being here and being a part of this beautiful community. Um, Next, what we have been up to, we just got back from a conference in New Jersey at Rutgers University this past weekend. They had their MARC conference, which was all about daring to dream. So this is the largest student-led conference in the United States. And it was so well produced, so well done. Um, I was connected about, I was connected through this event um, by one of our, our interns actually, her name is Caitlin. And we we lo- met each other at um, Envision Festival over the summer last year. And um, she actually interned with Sadie Baddies this past fall and, and winter. Um, side note, we do get some requests for internships. So we'll be posting about that soon, but it was awesome. And, you know, I was able to do a fireside chat with her and it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. I was uh, also brought my whole family, brought my parents, my sister. Um, and it was just awesome. So looking forward to more IRL speaking opportunities for this year. Um, we were also featured, I was featured in my alma mater, which is St. John's University here in Queens, New York. And I was featured as one of the eight black alumni that are making entrepreneurial shifts and changes in the world. And I'm so proud to have Sadi Baddies recognized not only by my alma mater, but just for all of the work that we've put into creating this brand, this community, this media company that's developing over the years has been such an exciting journey. And every time, you know, we are mentioned or recognized or or spotlighted or highlighted, it just roots me even deeper into this work and really, you know, allows me to take up space in in where I feel most supported and held. So, so grateful for that recognition and outside of work, um, highlights, you know, just, I've been really focusing on myself. I've been focusing on my mental health. I've been focusing on my wellness, my physical health, um, making sure that I am trying to live as stress-free as possible, eliminating stressors as much as possible, um, cycle syncing. There's so many little things that I've been doing and changes that I've been making over the winter to make sure that I feel ready for this the spring and for the rest of this year. And um, just to kind of fast forward and look ahead, we are planning um, a lot of different programs for this year. So we are actually planning our event um, for March for Women's History Month. So please stay tuned for that. If you're especially in the New York or New Jersey area, you do not want to miss this. So this will be featured and um, shared on our social media channels. If you're not following us on Instagram, baby, what is you doing? Because this is where a lot of the conversations really start um, for Sadie Baddies, of course. So definitely follow us on Instagram. Sign up for our newsletter. The link is in our bio. It's just on our website. You can just go ahead and put your email address And so you can stay tuned. Um, But yeah, we have events lined up. We are also going to be changing the format of this podcast as well and incorporating video. So I'm really excited about that. And it's something that we've kind of tested out in the past. And now we're really excited to bring this to the podcast on a regular basis. So you can expect that. And we are going to be going back to weekly episodes um, starting next season. So there's a lot of exciting things happening down the pipeline. This is also our last episode of season five. Finally, we've had so many amazing episodes this season five. Um, it's been awesome having, you know, our guests, Dr. Alicia Hodge, Amani, Amigi Stafford, um, Umu Salah, our th- amazing therapist and so many individuals who've contributed to this conversation. So um, big shout out and thanks to our, our special guests for the season. And yeah, let's dive in today's episode. This week's episode is all about the art of letting go. So we are going to be diving into releasing attachments, embracing change and setting new intentions. Right now we are in a season of shedding. The first day of spring is March 19th, which is about three weeks from now. And there is a very, very big spiritual significance to winter. Obviously, the physical aspects of it being cold, people being a little bit more um, withdrawn, maybe socially, not going out as much, staying more time in the home, um, eating warmer foods, wearing thicker clothing, right? But there's also a spiritual significance to winter. And I found this awesome um, article about the seasons and the spiritual significance of seasons. And this is from seasonalsoul.com. I will also link this in the show notes so you can read the rest of it. But right now, this is what the excerpt is. So it says, you need to rest so that you can dream. Right now, you are dreaming up the dreams of everything that will grow into your life this year. You're dreaming up new plans, new ideas, new ways of being that will blossom and grow and will become bountiful harvests in the year ahead. The dreams of everything to come this year are being sparked by your winter's rest. Winter is the season when things are revealed by turning deep within yourself, embracing the quiet in the darkness, recognizing that you don't need to do anything for the the magic to unfold. This is the season of receiving. New information, ideas, dreams for the new year are revealing themselves by turning inward. Right now, you are able to receive divine downloads and wisdom from deep within yourself if you're able to get very still, very quiet, and simply open your spirit and your mind to receive them. I really loved this excerpt from Seasonal Soul because it really encapsulates how I feel about winter and how really my energy is and my vibe is in the winter. For those who know me, on a personal level, you'll probably realize or maybe notice that in the winter, I'm a little bit quieter. I'm a little bit less on social media um, in terms of visibility. I'm also like a little bit less inclined to go out as much. I am more so interested in inviting others into my home versus me having to leave Um, socially. I'm just a little bit more introverted and I really attribute that to that kind of stillness that I need personally to open my mind and my spirit to all the downloads that are coming my way. And some of the themes for winter generally are rebirth, rest, letting go, resilience and endurance, connecting to nature, preparation and planning. So I, again, want to emphasize the need for rest so that you can dream because the two really coincide so that you can allow yourself to be in the the space of receiving. So let's talk about attachments right now. So overall, we hear the word attachments a lot, or we hear the word detachment a lot. And what's, what are attachments actually? So attachments are intricate webs of emotional investment that shape perceptions and interactions with the world around us. So In simpler terms, attachments are the emotional bonds or connections that we as individuals have with people, possessions, beliefs, or expectations. Our attachments can often stem from desires, fears, or experiences, and they can manifest in various ways, which influence our thoughts, our behaviors, and our emotions. Our attachments can also range from deep, deep affection and dependency in relationships, to material possessions that provide a sense of security or even identity. So our expectations, both internal and external, can also become attachments when they indicate and dictate actions and outcomes, and they can lead to disappointment or frustration when we don't meet those. You also might have heard the term attachment style, which is which are the patterns of behavior and beliefs that individuals develop based on their early experiences with their caregivers, which then in turn influence their interactions and connections with their romantic partners. So we also have a, a, a post on attachment styles, and you can learn more about this. There's four different attachment styles, and they influence the way that we interact with, um, especially in our romantic relationships. But this is an overarching theme in terms of just our nurturing Um, journey as into adulthood. So attachments are not inherently bad or unhealthy. They are what makes us human and allows us to be connected to each other. It, our attachments help us to practice empathy. They help us to relate to one another and have deep, long lasting relationships. Attachments only become an issue when we are unable to zoom out a little bit and, and kind of observe more objectively how we are relating to these certain possessions or people or places or, um, beliefs that are holding us back. So if your attachment to, for example, your attachment to your, uh, your friendship group or your friends, that's actually really healthy. You, you should have an attachment to those people in your life that you care deeply about, but You know, say, for example, you have a friend who you've been very you've known for years, your whole life. And, you know, over the last 10, 15 years, you guys have been friends and have been a part of each other's milestones and all these things. But over time, you've realized that your friend is becoming someone that you can you can no longer grow with, whether that is a behavioral change that they have, whether that's a personality change that they have or whether it's the way that they're treating you. Right. We've all had relationships kind of change and um, develop over time. And maybe your attachment to that person is they remind you of your inner child. They remind you of who you were when you were five years old or 10 years old or however, and it's hard to let go. It's hard to remove your memories of your childhood from that person. But the truth is that you are always capable and you are always deserving of reevaluating and looking at the relationships in your life, especially, and making sure that they feel fruitful and balanced for you, right? and adjusting as needed um based on what you observe. so how do you identify what needs to be released? I like to do a self assessment and really process and identify areas in which I might be holding on to attachments, so I have a list of questions that I refer to when I feel like I'm, I'm in a place of feeling stuck or feeling like I need to let go. So there is no there's no right or wrong way to do this. A lot of this is intuitively led, but there is an art to it. Right. There is a way that we can look from a more high level point of view and see what attachments are maybe holding us back. And it could be categorized into our relationships, our environment, our emotions, our limiting beliefs, our mindsets, right? So I'm going to walk you through about eight questions that I ask on a semi, I would say quarterly basis about attachments and what attachments or things or limiting beliefs might be in my way. So first question I ask is where am I feeling most stuck in life right now? Um, I think this is a question to ask when you feel frustrated, especially that's kind of the signal that I use when I need to ask this question is where do I feel stuck right now? Um, The next question is, what is a habit or choice that I habitually make that is holding me back? This requires a lot of honesty because it could be sometimes a vice. Maybe it's something that you lean into to help you to take the edge off one day or it's a spending habit that you have. Whatever it is, it requires honesty in order to address this question fully. The next question is, are there any patterns in my relationships that feel unhealthy or repetitive? This is more for our relationships, our friendships. And this this question is designed to help you un- unveil what are the patterns that you feel like are perpetuating an unhealthy result for you. Right. Um, Next question is, do I have difficulty letting go of material possessions even when they no longer serve a purpose? So this question, I am not you know, I'm not coming for the the people who tend to hold on to the last receipt (laughs) of that they have in their bag and just never know when they're going to need that random pen that they got at an event or whatever the case is, this is a really good question, especially if you're someone that holds on to a lot of clutter. Um, it's, you know, asking yourself, do you have, letting, do you have difficulty letting go of material possessions, even when they no longer serve a purpose? There could also be an attachment rooted to some of those material possessions and just observing why that might be the case. Um, so this is environmentally focused. And next we have more of the emotional, and uh, mindset questions. So we have, am I often disappointed when things don't go as planned or expected? This question is really, really big for me because as someone who was a recovering perfectionist, I would get very frustrated when things did not go my way. But this allows me to reframe what having a good outcome really means. And it also allows me to reframe um, being afraid when things don't go as planned. Next we have, do I find myself striving for perfection in various areas of my life? Again, this ties into perfectionism and finding a way to reframe how we allow perfectionism to kind of take the wheel sometimes. And as you know, we have a whole episode on perfectionism. So be sure to check that one out. Um, next question is what beliefs or narratives do I hold about myself and my worthiness? So this is a limiting belief that we can have, um, that prevents us from moving forward and is holding us back. That is also a reason sometimes where we can set our new year's resolutions, our intentions and we, you know, we're excited in the beginning, but then all of a sudden it's like mid January or beginning of February or later in the year and you just completely stop trying. So there could also be some limiting beliefs or narratives that are replaying automatically in your subconscious and it's this question allows you to look deeper and see what limiting beliefs are hiding behind some of those actions that you're not able to fully execute. And lastly, we have, what changes do I envision for myself and my life and what attachments may need to be released to achieve these things. So I really love this question. And recently I saw a post on Instagram that really helped me, I think really coincides with this question. It was very simple. It was just a a simple page with um, four, four quadrants. And in each quadrant, it has like what you have been doing that's working well, what you haven't been doing that you need to do, what you need to stop doing and like what you are going to continue to do. So it's it's very simple. But I think, you know, overall, this this visual was just like a response to this question directly of what changes do you envision for yourself in your life? Right. If you're someone that says, I want to start a business, but you know, there's the but. I don't know where to start. Right. There's something that you can do to uh, allow yourself to take that next step, and that looking at what your attachment is to being afraid to fail, right? Like again, like looking back at where where do you say but a lot, right? Where where do you say I want to do this, but and then something comes after it, right? A lot of times, those are the things that those are the barriers we're putting in to ourselves. A lot of times. And not only that, those can be areas where we might need to address our attachments, right? So if you're afraid to fail or if you're afraid to uh, to start something new or you're afraid to look stupid, that might be the reason why you're not starting, you know, the things that you want to start or to finish the things you want to finish. So this question was a really, really a, a good one for me to kind of start off my year And I I always come back to this type of question when I really want to make a a deep change, a behavioral change as well. Um, So speaking of change, let's talk about change being just a natural part of life and an inevitable part of life as well. I love change. I am a mutable sign. I'm a Sagittarius and Sagittarius are known for being really flexible and adaptable people. I would say I'm extremely flexible and adaptable. I mean, in my early 20s, I moved around a lot, like more than the average person did. I moved around a lot and I, you know, would kind of had to pick myself up and start over. And um, it was definitely challenging because I as much as I am adaptable and I crave change, I still wanted some form of stability. But it is it is in my nature personally to to like to do something different. I don't like to eat the same thing every day for for dinner or for um for lunch. Uh, I don't like to go to the same restaurants over and over and over again. I like to have my mainstays, I guess you can say, like I like to have things that I regularly fall back on, whether it's a recipe that I'm making. Right. Or like you know, my signature look or my signature make makeup look or whatever. I like to have my mainstays, but I also really love change. And I have completely reframed my perception of change. and instead of it looking at instead of looking at change as being inherently bad, I look at change as it bringing us new opportunities. And I think when you are able to embrace change, from a more neutral point of view and just say, hey, this change is not necessarily a bad thing. It is a new thing, right? Because new doesn't necessarily mean good. It doesn't mean good or bad. But having more of a neutral approach to change, it allows you to be more open-minded about what is in the unknown. The fear of the unknown can really put us in a chokehold. It can make us stay stagnant. It can make us stay stuck. But when you allow change to be the catalyst for new opportunities, new outcomes, um, manifestations that you have, it becomes a little bit more exciting. Right. And um, change and changing your perception around change is a really key component of letting go. It's really hard to let go when you don't know what's on the other side. But when you kind of neutralize that fear based thinking of change, it can really help you to embrace what's on the other side. Um, Next, I want to talk about letting go some of the letting go practices and rituals that I do personally. So this letting go is truly one of the best things that you can do for your mind, your body, your soul. I have a lot of different practices that I rely on to let go and um one of the first things i like to do when i want to let go of a certain thing or a certain habit or even a certain person is doing a letting go meditation so i there's a lot of different ways that you can do this but this is personally how i like to start i like to do a meditation and i like to set the intention to let go of said person place thing possession etc right So I like to do a meditation get get my mind really to um, be in that space of letting go. Another way that I I do this is by doing full moon um, releases and ceremonies whenever it is a full moon. Right. So um, if you're somebody that does follow um, not just astrology, but just also pays attention to what's happening environmentally, because whether you believe it or not, the moon is a big factor. And obviously, our, our entire world, our environment, but the moon literally does affect the way that we feel. So that's why sometimes on a full moon, you might see like things are weird things start happening, or there's more serendipity, or um, there's just a lot of very high energy around a full moon. And I personally love to use full moons and the power of the full moon to release what's no longer serving me mentally, physically and emotionally. So by that, I literally will set the intention. Again, setting an intention is always the first part. Set the intention, write down a list of what I feel like is no longer serving me. Right. So it could be number one, I think that me waking up and going on social media first thing in the morning, that's not serving me. Why? Because it's a distraction. Why? Because it delays my morning routine. Why? Because it puts me in a comparison trap. Right. So you have to have like a level of self-awareness to even really do this type of um, releasing, because you have to understand why your habits or certain things are holding you back to begin with. So I would write up my list of what I want to let go of, and then I would literally say, like, I release what is no longer serving me. I release my attachments to these habits or this this thing. And I burn that paper up. <laughs> I literally I will take it to the sink and I will light it up. I will light it on fire. Obviously, you want to be really safe about this. I'm, you know, obviously not promoting uh, you to, you know, just recklessly use flames and open flames for this, but be smart about it. Be safe, be practical. Um, and I burn that up. I burn the paper up. I release it. Another thing, if you don't want to burn up the paper, you can just tear it up in little pieces and you can discard it in the garbage can flush it down the toilet, whatever it is. But full moon releases have always helped me to spiritually feel lighter um this is also great for someone if you're just a visual learner you're or you're a very sensational person you like to use your senses this is a, might be a good practice for you. Of course another thing that I do after I you know do my letting go practice is I like to set um, my monthly intentions. So again going back to journaling first I'll journal out what it is that I want to embrace, embody, invite into the next month. I like to do this once a month because it's consistent enough for me to do it regularly. And, um, it's, it's once a month is not like every week or every other week. It allows me to be more consistent with just the the monthly intention setting. I like to start with gratitude for everything that I've learned, everything that I've received for that current month and, um, inviting, you know, new opportunities, manifestations to happen in the the month ahead. And then after I've done like that kind of journaling practice, the gratitude, I will go into my, my strategic and my planning mode. So I'll take out my planners. I am both a paper planner kind of girl, and I'm also a digital planner kind of girl. So I like to have both. I like to, you know, use my digital planners. Um, I like to use Notion, Google Calendar, and um, also other project planners that I need. And then I also use my regular planner, my my like journal paper planner, um, which allows me to kind of write a little bit more. I, I feel like I'm, I'm more prone to write more openly when I have paper journals than digitally. So that's how I go about setting my monthly intentions. And then to seal the deal, I do a deep reset once a month. So I'll declutter my space. I'll organize things. I'll get rid of just things that are taking up space. Um, I also do this by cleaning. So I'll clean my makeup brushes. I'll make sure, you know, change my bedding, change my sheets. Um, Obviously, I do this more than once a month. But, you know, this is these are things that I like to definitely do at the end of the month and just do a deep clean of my my space. And it really allows me to be excited for the new month ahead, and doing this on the, on a regular basis has allowed me to be so intentional about my time. It's allowed me to be intentional about what's happening energetically. Um, it's also just allows me to transmute that old energy into new energy, but setting the tone and using actual practical steps that can get me to feeling excited and ready to embrace um, newness. I notice a very big difference when I do not do any of these practices. I feel like life is just kind of passing me by. I feel like I'm kind of coasting. I start to feel like I don't really have a good recollection of what happened. I'm like, where did the time go? Like, you know, January flew by or whichever month flew by. And I don't remember what I did. And it's because I'm not if I if I skip out on this, I tend to feel a little bit less aware of what's happening around me. So big, big, uh, I'm a big proponent of using these practices and they can really solidify and deepen what your intentions are every month or every year or however often you like to set your intentions. Lastly, I want to share some of my personal intentions for spring. So I have created three intentions that I want to practice for March and spring, uh, the new season that we're stepping into, and they each have a a theme attached to it. So the first intention that I have set is to do something for my inner child every single day. So this theme is coming from a place of playfulness, joy and creativity. I need to do something for my inner child every single day. So whether that's doing something like sketching on my iPad and just doodling for, for fun and not for, you know, to, to post on social media, just to do it, um, or whether that's taking a walk outside, whether that's watching something that I really loved watching, you know, maybe when I was younger or something that excites me now, but brings in that that same like child like excitement that I had when I was younger or it could be something more creative and um, just carefree. So I want to do something every single day for my inner child to make her happy because she deserves that. And um, the next intention I have for spring is to plant the seeds of growth mentally, financially, physically throughout this whole month. So the this theme and this intention, the themes for this intention are discipline, consistency, and growth. And when I say themes, I'm saying these are the these are the traits, the characteristics that I need in order to have this intention grow. Because one thing I've realized is that you can set an intention. You can say, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to bring this in. I want to do this. But if you don't have a, an actual process, you don't have um, a way of going about it, that's also going to change your behavior and it's going to change your mindset. It's It's kind of hit or miss of, how effective this is going to be. Right. So planting the seeds of growth mentally, physically and financially throughout this month means that I'm going to take steps to make sure I'm on top of my shit, that I'm not um, procrastinating when it comes to setting uh, certain tools for success. For example, I'm a business owner. Right. So tax season is here. It's already been here. But making sure, for example, that I have that taken care of like way before the deadline. That's a form of discipline. Right. Or physically, like making sure I'm keeping up with my workouts. I'm getting movement in every single day. That's a form of consistency, um, discipline, etc. So those are the those are the themes that I have for that intention. And last but not least, I have I. For my intentions for spring is to lean deeply into what I'm naturally curious about and responding to it by taking inspired action and intention. So, I do not want to leave things on the back burner or leave any of my best ideas in my notes app. I think that for this intention, the themes for this are curiosity, motivation, and action. So in order for me to lean into what I'm naturally curious about and respond to it, I need to be curious about it. I need to be motivated. I need to take action. So these are some of the intentions that I have for spring. I encourage you to also write out your intentions for spring that... um, that you're feeling and that you're excited about. And then maybe you can try practicing, you know, attaching a theme for it. Like I've kind of shared before, playfulness, curiosity, consistency. It's usually a word that embodies what that intention is. And um, I think this is a really good practice to have. And I know some people who love to do like their beginning of the year. They like to set uh, an intention or they like to pick a word to, embrace for the whole year. I've done this as well over the years. And I've noticed that when I do kind of create a theme for the year or a practice that I want to embody or set my intentions, I have very, very, very successful years. And that's what the, that's the energy that I want to bring into um 2024. That's the energy I am bringing into 2024. I hope that you are excited about this year, despite however many setbacks you might have had or have And just remember that every single day is an opportunity to get it right, literally. So um, I encourage you to also check out the self-care guide because if you are struggling with, you know, some of these limiting beliefs or some of these questions that you might be asking yourself or you don't know how to like, you know, how do I start journal prompting or I mean, or how do I start journaling if I don't really know like what questions to ask? We have designed all of that for you in the self-care guide. And this is um, an eight week guide that is designed to help you to deepen your self-awareness, your self-compassion, your self-love. And it's literally a self-love journey. So, you know, I really refer back to that because a lot of the work that we share and a lot of the content we share is rooted in self-love. It's rooted in compassion, softness, and it's just a really comprehensive way to, to look at it and do the work. On your own or with a friend, a loved one. So, yeah. Last, lastly, uh, just to recap, again, the art of letting go is really all about understanding your attachments to things. It's about embracing winter, it's embracing the seasons in general, but especially winter right now. We're in the kind of the last stretches of winter, especially on the east coast. So, the rebirth um, that comes from that, understanding your attachments, identifying what needs to be released, practicing you're letting go rituals and embracing change and setting your intentions. So I hope this episode helps you. I think it couldn't be more perfect that you know it's out today, the last day of February and the last month of winter. So please let me know how this helps you and guides you. And I cannot wait to see you soon. Thank you again for a beautiful season five. I'm so excited for our next season, which is gonna be even better. And special thanks to our producer. And our team for making this possible. I love y'all so much and stay soft. Introducing Saddie Baddie's very first product My Journey to Self Love. The Ultimate Self-Care Guide by Sadi Baddies. Your transformational self-care journey starts right here. We've created the ultimate self-care guide just for you with over 60 pages designed to help you discover wellness routines and practices that actually fit your fast-paced lifestyle. Designed to be completed within eight weeks, this self-care guide encourages you to take simple practical steps through introspection and awareness to deepen your self-discovery and healing journey. To stay connected, join Sadie Baddies on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and more, and sign up for our monthly newsletter on SadieBaddies.com to stay in the loop. Sending you hella love, and stay soft, baddie.